You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today's movie of um, discussion is 28 Days Later. This is a Noah pick. I want to make sure that uh, I point that out. You know, one of the things I'm enjoying so much about this redirection of podcasts is the variety of films that we're watching. And uh, this is, uh, to say the least, a little different than last week's Peggy Sue Got Married. So 28 Days Later is um, a film from 2003. And it is, um, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, then you've seen this film because this is basically the story of a pandemic. Uh, we don't exactly know how it started, but what we do know is that the, the main character uh, played by, how do you say it, Noah Killian? I, I believe it's Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy wakes up uh, in a hospital and uh, his, his character's name is Jim. And he is alone, essentially. There's no one around. And he starts wandering the streets of London. This is based in London. And, uh, you know, finally, ultimately runs into a few survivors of the pandemic. And then what you get is a story of survival for about an hour and 53 minutes. But who's counting? And uh, mm-hmm. it is a film that um, is, um, um, how should I say this? Because I have seen The Walking Dead, I would say to you that it wasn't terribly original. But since this film preceded The Walking Dead, Mm -hmm. I would say this is the pioneer in the renaissance of uh, the zombie um, storylines. I would definitely say so, because I... I kind of picked up on it in the beginning. You were talking about the plot and what happened in the very beginning. I mean, that is almost shot for shot what happened in the very beginning of The Walking Dead. Um, I found that to be really interesting. And I think I told you before, uh, once I finished watching the movie and before you started, that you need to have the frame of mind that this came out six years before the whole zombie vampire craze sort of ramped back up again. So it might seem, you know, 19 years later like it's not so much of uh, an original concept but there's actually a lot in this movie that probably um you know uh, influenced a lot of uh, what became popular later on because i mean we were definitely not starved for zombie content uh, back in the day and i would even say to this day the walking dead is still going is it still going i was you know I, as i was sitting there watching this film i i wanted to google the walking dead just to see if it was still going because you know i checked out when negan showed up because he was just a bad actor and kind of i don't know took it in a, in a direction i was not interested in so for me um now truth be told noah you called me on friday afternoon slash evening and you said mm-hmm. let's record tonight and i said i haven't even started this film yet and you were surprised um, because the last couple of weeks I've been sort of ahead in, in watching, but I wasn't able to this week, but I said to you, what did I say to you? Uh, you told me that of all the films that we were going to watch, this was probably your least anticipated. That is true. And, and, and I don't know, I think it's because I'm so tired of post-apocalyptic or, um, 
I, I don't know, themes of dystopian worlds and because we've been just been so a lot of it these days with that in the, the 21st century. So, um, you know, when I finally sat down to watch this and I watched it in two uh, sittings and I frankly was, um, uh, well, I don't want, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give it away just yet. So I'm just going to say, tell me if this met your expectations. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I thought it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. And I think whether you're watching it after all the Walking Dead stuff and other zombie related media, or, you know, whether you'd seen it before, it's a really fresh way to sort of do it. It's intense. It's, you know, very in your face. And I mean, for 2003, I can imagine that this probably freaked a lot of people out. We've had a huge, I mean, horrors had a much bigger resurgence in the last 10, 12 years or so. So, I mean, there's probably some stuff when uh, it comes to the scary parts of this movie that a lot of people have seen, but I thought what it did was very effective. I think, you know, the running zombies is always a very, you know, scary and extremely more dangerous situation. And I thought the acting was pretty good uh, throughout for the most part. And I mean, there's a lot of intense sequences, you know, there's quite a few surprises along the way. And the whole, I want to say third act of the movie was a completely different change from, you know, the sort of on the run or trying to figure out like what to do um, aspect of the first parts of the film. So I thought there was many stories told in this movie all in one. And, um, you know, for all the reputation that it has, I, I personally thought it met expectations. It was great. It was quite good. Okay. Well, um, I had a feeling you were going to think so. And I'm just going to say this. I had, because I've seen the walking dead, I have seen this film before mm-hmm. and the walking did the walking dead did it better. I did not enjoy this film at all. Really? Come yeah, on. I did not. It was, it was just, I, so to your point about the third act, mm-hmm. Um, and literally it was almost frame by frame. Uh, maybe not that frame, maybe not that specific, but it was so similar to a season of the walking dead. And mm-hmm. I just much preferred the walking dead because of its, first of all, I thought this film looked really old, which I thought was an interesting since it's 2003. I mean, it's not that old. I agree with you. And I think that might've been somewhat of an intentional filming choice, but remember, I remember uh, you asked about eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, because some of it did seem uh, a lot older that came out in 2004. I mean, the camera quality was just kind of different back then. I I think, you know, movie making has come a long way. We've said that multiple times over the course of this podcast. And and I think that this film was yet another reminder. Although I agree with you, there was probably, there were some director's choices in Mm -hmm. cameras and and that sort of lighting, all that. Yeah, exactly. I will say that it was very cool. Having been to London several times, it was very cool to see London desolate. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's very disturbing to see any kind of setting where you've been to be completely empty. Um, obviously that, that is the problem. <laughs> There's something <laughs> wrong there. Um, you know, let's start, let's talk spoilers and okay. let's start with the first scene, um, that is, um, with the monkeys. Okay. Talk yeah. About, talk Spoil- about that. Spoiler territory, by the way, you know, the deal. All right. So speaking of the monkeys, I do want to address something uh, that you mentioned uh, very early on. You said that you didn't know where the pandemic came from, right? Uh, It's actually it's actually shown in the beginning and they have a bit where they go 
into the backstory of what's been happening for the past month or so. Yeah. It started with riots days earlier. Right. Yeah. It started with riots that you see on TV. It was worldwide, worldwide riots. And then um, because there's so much upheaval in cities and giant areas, you know, it uh, sort of becomes like this uh, ground zero for a lot of people to be infected. But these monkeys and the lab, they all escaped because there was a group of fringe people trying to, you know, let them out. Animal rights activists, I suppose. So we're trying to let them out because they didn't want uh, them to be tested on. And right. so the doctor explains they're filled with this rage virus. Yes. And uh, you get to see what those monkeys, uh, you get to see what those animals do to people. And then you can pretty much uh, understand that if it's transferred to a human, that's what will happen as well. Yeah, so I got that. Okay. So that that's fair. It was just a little bit of a, a but I mean, we know that the coronavirus pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it came from a lab where, wherever the lab may have been, it, it is, you know, it was sort of developed. Yeah. And that's I think what I didn't get about this. It was sort of like, okay, the monkeys were infected with something and they were, you know, and, and honestly, in the, those opening scenes where those animal rights activists were opening the cages i mean come on if i'm in this dark space with all of these monkeys incarcerated and they are like beating on the glass and trying to get out and clearly ready to go crazy Mm -hmm. why am i going to open one of those well you know movie moments there was there was some dumb stuff in here that was really convenient for the story and the plot to move forward i mean we've seen that before and once again you know it's just kind of it's a zombie movie. So in a horror film at that, so it's kind of like a double, all right, whatever they do, it's, it's not going to be intelligent per se, but you kind of got to believe it's going to happen. But regardless of that, um, I, I thought the movie was (laughs) really predicted, you know, a big pandemic um, or, you know, kind of showed how it can spread um, even if it was more suggested rather than shown completely. Uh, you know, 18, 19 years in the future. That's kind of wild to me. But um, starting with the beginning as well, I think one of the best parts of the movie is very much like what inspired The Walking Dead. You know, when Rick got out of the hospital and he was walking around and he um, uh, walked outside, there's nobody around. You know, I think that really helped set the tone and the setting for how lonely the very beginning was, you know, how silent and the mystery of what went on you know you didn't know what these where these zombies were who would be around what resources are left there's no electricity you can see all the people that were lost on those you know missing poster signs or talking about the max exodus that occurred um that was pretty cool and i actually learned that they filmed those parts in the very very early morning or the evening of some streets in london and they were able to obviously, you know, for movie making purposes, right. clear off the roads. And I was going to say kind of that there's no time in London, no matter what time of yeah. day or night it is, where it's that quiet. I thought that was impressive, though, because there's some pretty wide shots of some things. And I mean, movie making magic, you can make right. things feel a lot bigger. than It was effective. Are. I'll give you that. When he was walking across the bridge and you see the London Eye, what was that the Ferris wheel? Yeah, that, the was, London Eye, yeah. that was so cool to me. I mean, I, I think that's what really sells horror. It's those moments where you don't know what's going to happen instead of this, like, waiting for a jump scare, per se. I really appreciated that. 
it took its time in the beginning, but it was always a pretty nonstop movie. I was never bored at any point. I mean, would you feel like you were? Yeah, there were times I was bored. In fact, I fell asleep twice. Um, but <laughs> I did rewind it. I woke up and rewound it. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I didn't like this movie. Well, I'm going to say I didn't like this movie. I didn't enjoy this movie because I had seen it before. Now, I know it's a little unfair to the film because I had the film preceded The Walking Dead but almost frame by frame, just a different setting, the same thing happened. And honestly, the same thing that I didn't like about The Walking Dead was what I didn't like about this. To your point, the first two thirds of the film, uh, I thought were the best part. But as soon as we get to that location where they had been hearing over the radio come and, and you know, uh, it was sort we have of a like, solution. We yeah, have a solution. have a solution. It was some sort of compound. Mm. That's for me when the whole thing went downhill fast. I was I was like, okay, here we go. I know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to be bad. And, and you know, it's just, I don't know. I didn't, I really, really didn't enjoy it. I totally get what you're saying. Like for me, I can separate time periods and be in a frame of mind of what would this have been like if I had not really seen any zombie movies since George like Ramiro's Night of the Living Dead in the what, 70s or something like that. Um, so I, I can do that, but I understand after you've seen so much of the same thing, probably the things that directly influence. Yeah, it can be harder because you, it's kind of like a spoiler in itself, right? You've seen this movie trope many times before you've seen what kind of happens when you get around to this. Like I get that totally. So, I mean, I can't really fault you for sort of not being able to immerse yourself in 2003 for it, but, um, I, I thought it was good. You know, the whole point of the whole thing I liked about the surviving aspect of it was that these zombies were fast and they were aggressive. And if you even so much as got a drop of blood on you, basically, yeah, that was different. That was, I mean, you know, the scene where it introduces that character, um, of Mark and then, um, the female he's with. And of course you got the main character, Jim, and he's watching tapes at his parents' house and yes. the zombies just bust through the door because I mean, they have super hearing apparently. And, um, apparently, <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was because they saw the light on, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, at night, mm-hmm. but maybe not because that, that was a good scene because they burst in and the, the guy gets cut and his facial expression showed. The, he's the, like, wait, the he's like, wait, wait, you know, don't do this. And then and she I mean, had to take the bat and kill him because he was going to turn any second. That was just so that was so cool to me because I think yeah. it just shows how grimy and like truly probably desolate. the highlight of the film, honestly. It, it shows how desolate things are, and that was a shock, that was a surprise. And it I was. can't say I've seen that and that happened because you liked him, or at least I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and but he was gone. Well, that's the thing. I like how they attached you to the character for you to think he'd be around for longer than he was. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, they took him out in that second. And I thought it was gonna be like the Walking Dead where they gotta cut off a limb or something. But I mean, she just went oh, straight. She went straight did. for that kill and she had known him for a long time. So yeah, yeah uh, that was cool. And so the rules of the whole zombie game where they're fast and they're vicious, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, I liked how that was um sort of put out there. But um, there was a lot of times where I felt like they were just kind of out in the open and they were being a lot less careful than they probably should have been. And zombies could have been anywhere. Like when they they were sleeping in that park. Yeah. Or if they needed to talk for a while or, you know, just be around or yell at each other. Because one at one point, I think they go, shh, if somebody's talking too loud. And there's other points where they're yelling and just Uh like getting getting mad in the middle of the highway where they're the most vulnerable. Right. So um, 
I thought another kind of dumb movie moment was when he went into that tunnel and drove over all the cars. I was like, this, oh, this okay. I was like, this isn't happening. Talk about that. <laughs> you, you need to talk about that. Because first of all, that made no sense. Why, why would you do that? Because uh, in the zombie apocalypse, you're all about going, you need to be all about taking the path of least resistance. You're not going to just like take your car and drive over all these things. And then I, I did think that the, the rats coming because they were running from the zombies mm-hmm. was kind of cool. Oh yeah. I mean, there's really interesting moments of build up here and some foreshadowing as well, but I mean, that was, that was dumb. And I feel like I've that seen was a that. movie trope. It was a movie trope, you know, the thing is coming after you and you've got this much time to be able to, you know, get away, but you have, but you're stationary for a second. So, yeah, I mean, I totally get that. And also, this was the most unrealistic part of the movie for me, a fully stocked grocery store amidst all that crisis. I mean, come on. Yeah, all they had was candy bars and soda before, but then they go to the grocery store and it's full. No one has pillaged it, right? No, no looting. I mean, I mean, at least they showed Even that in the walking dead, there was very limited uh, supplies in the store. Yeah, certainly. Um, but regardless of that, I actually thought the third act was pretty good because at first you're like, oh my gosh, why does he have a zombie? We know exactly what's going to happen. You're keeping a pet zombie. But I thought the explanation was plausible enough for guys who just had a bunch of guns and the means to defend themselves for the most part, uh, because, you know, he wanted to see if it would starve. And potentially when they could like go back into explore, go yeah, further. I, I bought that when, when he said, I'm going to learn from him. I'm going to learn how long it takes for him to, you know, I thought, oh, okay, I can get, I can get behind that. What about the end the, toward the end, not the final scene, but the toward the end where um, she's driving and uh, the, the two leads are in the, in the back seat and it, and it goes to a freeze. This, the screen freezes. <laughs> yeah, that was probably, that was definitely more of like a, early 2000s kind of uh, why are we doing this yeah i was kind of like oh that's kind of funny i was half expecting there to be like an 80s pop song playing and then the credits (laughs) to start rolling (laughs) Um, if only you know um but uh, yeah that was that was a little bit funky i you know for a second that's one of those things that kind of takes you out of the immersion but um i thought i thought that was the end i thought oh my gosh you're kidding me that's the end of this film because i know there's a sequel but the other thing i just want to say too real quick is that the character played by um well christopher eccleston who plays major henry west who's like mm-hmm. the, the 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 leader of he's the cop. had to have been a villain in a million other films he's been a, vi- a villain in every movie he's ever been in so therefore the moment i see him i know he's the bad guy okay sure but then again killian murphy who uh you know this was 19 years ago uh who's the good guy in this he's been a gang mem- member and peaky blinders he's been the scarecrow as a villain in uh, all of the batman movies the christopher nolan ones yeah. Um, but you know, he also was kind of like a here and there protagonist, uh, with, uh, was it a quiet place too. So, I mean, he's, he looks like he could be a villain, but he also yeah. looks like he could be a hero. So I think sometimes it's I like, know, it's all based on what films you've seen. I've never seen those Batman films. I mean, we just saw Jim Carrey play a serious role, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but what'd you think of the end, what'd you think of the end? Uh, you mean when he kind of went all Rambo style and, uh, you know, was... no, when, when they were um, flagging down the plane, I think it had the exact same problem as interstellar. It kind of ended a little bit too quick. Um, 
It, and I, I, I disagree. I was ready for it to end. So I was like, okay, good. Well, you were, well, you were welcoming that. Um, yeah, I thought, I mean, I thought that was fine. Uh, they got to the countryside and, you know, they had their little shack and everything and they're sort of living, living better than they were. Um, but I just, and I, I thought it was kind of cool how they're like, do you think they saw us that time? You know, uh, yeah. Sending that smoke signal, quote unquote, uh, with just like a landing, uh, sort of, uh, word didn't say hello or something like that it, i thought and, and i i actually liked the um uncertain nature of it i mean obviously we knew and they felt uh confident that the plane had seen their mm. smoke signal if you will um and and that was sort of that was just the end and i i kind of liked that we didn't have to have the plane land and have them take them in and, and all that it was mm. just sort of a, okay better days are ahead for the this group yeah, and that's that's probably the best thing to do is to suggest rather than leave it entirely ambiguous. So they were living better, at least they'd escaped um, that compound and everything. But I thought this movie was entertaining throughout. And let me tell you, it was intense. Like Grace was not a huge fan of it as soon as she saw the opening sort of scene and everything like that, because it was, it was brutal. You know, it was brutal. And um she really funny i just did not feel like it was intense i i know it was intense but it didn't feel intense because again my problem with this film had i never seen the walking dead i might feel very differently about this and that's Mm -hmm. unfair to this film i get that but because i had seen it nothing surprised me yeah well grace ended up really liking this film too um but i did overall I thought there was a lot of cool elements here that I was able to say, hey, they did that first. And I've seen that in a lot of the other media we watched. So I found that to be interesting. But I can also understand that it's like watching the first disaster movie ever, right? That might have inspired a lot of the stuff you've seen, but you kind of know what's going to happen, right? And you've seen this trope a thousand times because of what inspired it. But, you know, with that said, I I really liked this film. I haven't seen a zombie movie in a long time to my knowledge. And uh, this one was good. I think it was worth watching because it's got a great reputation. And I think that the praise that it got was mostly justified for sure. I thought it was a great action movie through and through had some creepy elements and it never really stopped. uh, You know, it never really stopped running. I liked it. So how many Z's would you give it? Noah? I would give it four Z's. All right. I will give it two Z's. All right. All right. That's that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, least, I, I had a feeling. I even said to your mom, I was like, I'm looking forward to this conversation because I know we're going to disagree on this. So, uh, and again, it's a, a little unfair to the film because, you know, so much has been done in the zombie world uh, that frankly, this um, instigated. So because this is an original, you know, it's, it makes sense that, uh, you know, this, this is a film that was lauded and, you know, understandably so because it was an original but for me, it was a little harder because I had seen it and I had seen it done better, in my opinion, uh, so that I didn't enjoy it as well as I had hoped. Well, you know, fair enough. And I think that's a great part about these movies that we're watching is we should we should disagree a little bit more. Right. Oh, I feel like, completely. Yeah. I feel like for the most part, we've been. I agree that we should disagree completely. <laughs> agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. All right. Cool. Um, you would not. Would you recommend this to any zombie fans, genre fans? Probably because if you're a loyalist zombie fan, you're going to like the authenticity of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'd recommend it. Yeah. But for a general audience member, probably not. No. 
Cool. All right. Um, opposite for me, but let's go straight into our check it out section. What do you okay. got for us today? All right. Um, I have a renewed appreciation for Audible. So um, I don't know if I've recommended Audible before, but I enjoy <laughs> books. We've talked about books before um, on this podcast, but I downloaded a book uh, yesterday because I've been doing some work sort of in the yard and, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing, power, power washing the deck with my new Ryobi power washer. And, um, thank you very much. And absolutely. I, um, so I spent a lot of time listening yesterday and I just, I'm halfway through this book and I just, you know, would never have the time to sit and read a book in my ideal world. I sit and read a book, but well, everything's about multitasking now. World. Everything yeah. multitasking now and audible allows you to do it. So audible is not cheap. Let me tell you, but you mm -hmm. do get credits every day, every, uh, every month. And I don't download more than one book at a time or in a given month. So, uh, it, it pays for itself. So at the end of the day, my check it out is audible, uh, um, books that are audio. I was going to say books on tape, but no one knows what a tape is. So <laughs> books on tape. Well, I think that's, uh, yeah, I, I think that's great. And once again, you know, i I think a lot of us aspire to read books at this point, uh, and it's definitely doable, but let's be honest, you just got to have a lot more free time on your hands than, um, than, I mean, than you probably care to use uh, at that point. And with phones and everybody pinging you and, you know, you need to cook dinner, all that kind of stuff after work. I totally understand how audiobooks are, you know, a big new thing, right? Yeah. The best way to get information while completing other tasks. I, I'd say that's probably pretty good, but I haven't tried audiobooks for myself. Should probably um I prefer an actual book, but given time constraints in, in life in general, I'm going with the uh Audible from now on. Yeah, absolutely. Well cool. Um my check it out yeah. is uh less of like a software, or, you know, a product. Uh for this week I want to uh share a check it out for meal prepping. Um, I think it's just a really important thing and, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it helps, it helps you organize your life a lot better. I know what you're thinking is probably like, okay, you know, meal prepping, whatever, like it's not fun to do, but it might help you, uh, not leave, uh, work late. It might help you sort of be motivated to get up on time and get that, uh, breakfast in for the day or that smoothie or that shake. And it's going to help obviously cut down on costs of uh, paying for lunch. Uh, when you go out each day, you might be able to save up to $50 or more a week, uh, dependent on that. So, uh, I think meal prepping is just a great way to go about things. And I think those Tupperware containers or those glass Tupperware containers, I suppose, um, are a great way to sort of uh, be able to cut down on your eating out intake and also uh, save some money while you're at it. So you can buy more things like audible subscriptions. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Cool. All right. Uh, well, with that, I believe next week's movie will be Pandorum, which is a space sort of sci-fi uh, flick in the light of sort of alien. I think it probably took a lot of inspiration from that one. And I will tell you, I've watched 75% of it already. Uh -huh. I did it about a well, month ago. It's relatively short and it's on Amazon, right? It um, is. I think it is on Amazon. I do want to say that uh, 28 Days Later is on HBO Max. So, but yes. um, Pandorum is on Amazon Prime and I'm looking forward to watching that. I will be able to watch that maybe sooner than later. So um, we will include the streaming service next time uh, for, uh, ongoing too. I think that's probably worth, um, I'll put that in the description of this episode yeah. too. All right. Um, but yeah, we'll be watching Pandorum and I think that, 
I think the most notable actor one, and that is, uh, I think Dennis Quaid is in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Pandorum and then Obi-Wan. Yes. And then, you know, we'll cool it on horror movies for like a little while. You know, that's not everybody's thing. But... Well, don't forget, we have a sequel month coming up. That yes, we do. So we have sequel month coming up. We don't know if it's going to be June or July, but it's a sequel month coming up. I want to review Lightyear. Uh, I really want to review that too. Well, that's interesting because I don't want to see it. So um, <laughs> I will, we'll have to, um, I'm being waved off by your mother when I say that. So <laughs> well, I think, it, I think it looks yeah. good. Yeah. There's plenty of great stuff. And um, I do want to see that new horror movie men. Yes. Uh, yeah. By the way, that uh, movie is directed by the guy who did annihilation mm-hmm. uh, ex machina. And wrote the script for 28 Days Later. So, how about that? Um, well, we could also we could also download, uh, not download, review the new Down Abbey movie. Um, I believe that you can do that, and I will not watch British uh, television, even though this was a British movie. I I don't know. I the, the whole is is Down Abbey like the Royals one? You just don't know what you're missing. It is so so good. All right, all right. Well, well, I'm probably not going to watch it. Maybe I'll miss out, but uh, I'm going to watch Lightyear on Disney Plus in about three months. All right, that's true. That's true. Well, cool. Well, we got a little bit sidetracked here, obviously. (laughs) 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 Little, uh, you know, just little tangents here and there. But uh, yes. Uh, So next week, uh, you will hear Pandorum, and then after that, we are going to be reviewing the first two episodes of Kenobi, and uh, we'll have a full series review for you somewhere in what June. Uh, July. July because uh, I think it's six weeks and uh, so if we get to first two episodes at the end of May we'll mm-hmm. it'll be uh, through the entire month of June absolutely yep and we'll um, and then you know after this we're going to be reviewing movies that people would probably heard of. reasonably want to see <laughs> everybody could see yeah cool all right Perfect. thank you for listening once again uh, I'm Noah I'm Greg and this is ZZ Talk nice <laughs>